Welcome to episode two of the TV Autopsy, slicing its way through the series you love. My name is James. My name is Deborah. Mine is Megan. Hello, ladies. Welcome to, well, the slightly revamped, I should say, TV Autopsy. So we, I did a kind of trial run of this uh, back in 20. 20 all those months ago um and i'm really delighted that you two have agreed to come and join me because i'm sick of hearing um windham and laurie's voices basically so i thought it would make a lovely change to have you two on so and do 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 the listeners know the connection well this is what i was just gonna say so deborah how are you connected to the podcast i am married to laurie I'm so sorry. I went to university, <laughs> James yeah. and Wyndham. Absolutely. And Megan, how about you? So Wyndham has the just deep joy of being my brother. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so I know all of you guys through him and his university yeah. connections all those years. years ago as well. So, Many drinking sessions later. <laughs> absolutely. So we're going to get on like a house on fire. So Megan, this is obviously, this podcast is all about series. We'll focus on TV series, mainly new. Some we're going to go back down memory lane for, but we're going to try and stay current as possible. If What sort of series would grab your interest? Oh. Um, do you know what? I, I would say I've got a broad eclectic taste if everyone's raving about something then I absolutely don't want to miss out so you know I'd like to think I'm an early adopter of some of these uh, cult viewings such as uh, Tiger King Um, (laughs) and I love I love some of these like outrageous documentaries I love a bit of um, fantasy and um alternative worlds and just oh just anything that is well made it's got a good story and yeah I can, brilliant it's binge worthy brilliant so we're going to be pretty broad on this podcast how about you deborah same question to you exactly the same as what megan just said there you go. <laughs> oh fantastic <laughs> i didn't know you'd be so compliant how wonderful <laughs> all right so um we're gonna um, we're gonna kick off, I think, by talking about so, um, a series that we've been watching recently that we like. A little review, Cutting Edge. Excuse me, are you the blue oh, Doctor Wordsmith? How's my son? He's going to be all right. Oh, oh thank God! Finally, some good news. There's no other way to take that. That's a great attitude. I gotta tell you, if I was getting this news, I don't know that I'd take it this well. But you said he was all right. Yes, he's lost his left hand, so he's going to be all right. You son of... Um, Megan, you got anything that's cutting edge? Well, I did loads and loads of um, watching. Uh, so I'm going to... Uh, through through the last 12 months, so basically anything cutting edge is anything I watched in the last 12 months, yeah, for now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a quirky one, which probably isn't hitting the mainstream, but I just thought was... Jaw-droppingly, brilliantly acted and shocking storyline is called the Act, and it, you can watch it on Star Plays. 
and it is well worth a one month subscription of one ninety nine just to watch this one series. And it's about um, a mother and daughter where the um, the daughter has so many things wrong with her, she re- you know, really very, very poorly. And then it, it all becomes to unravel as a story during the series. And she's, it's a um, Munchausen by proxy situation. Oh, wow. And right. it's, is so, so, sorry, so just well to explain, because we're all going, oh, yes, we know what that means. So Munchausen by the, proxy is when um, a, a, the parent kind of um, makes out that the child is ill when they're not, basically. Or, or, or makes them ill by giving or, them the drugs yeah. or like, convincing Like in everyone Sixth else. Sense, the woman and that child in yeah. Sixth Sense, yes. Yeah, Indeed. and it is... Um, and the mother gets murdered... Ooh. Oh, right, no more spoilers. No, it's can... not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. It's not oh, a spoiler. Okay. Uh, it does lots of panning backwards and forwards, and you, and right. and and all of this starts emerging. And you, it is the most fascinating thing. And then I watched a documentary about the case, and it was even like then looking back on this the the series, the act was just even better because really? it was just so well done. Well, um, just saying, I've I've got stars because. Um... I've watched Mr. Mercedes and the stand speed on there and loads of really, you know, for two quid a month, I've, it's a real bargain. And yeah. that was on my list, so I'm going to check that out. Watch Can it. You, I will. For me, it's it's um, it's a two part, a two series um, um, thing called Nosferatu, which so it's uh, it, I read the book by Joe Hill, who's Stephen King's son, and it's all about this guy called Charlie Manx, who's kind of he basically steals the souls and life force of children by putting them in the back of his 1930s Rolls Royce Wraith and that drives them to a place in his mind called Christmasland. And it sounds so bonkers. And as they go, they get more and more excited about going to like play games like um, Scissors for the Reaper or, you know, you know, just nasty, nasty stuff. And I love the book. And then I, I was obsessed with watching the series and I, it's not out over here yet and I couldn't find it anywhere, but I was able to, it came out on DVD, uh, both uh, seasons, which kind of encapsulate the whole story. And I just loved, I soaked that up in about three evenings. I was watching like seven hours a night. I couldn't stop. And how many, <laughs> how many episodes are there? So there's 20 in total. So wow. season one and season two. Season one's about um, the protagonist who basically um, has a power to create a bridge um, which helps her find lost things. And um, so the first part is all about her as a child and the second part is about, is about her as an adult. And it's, oh, it's just great. And is, there, and is there any relation to Nosferatu, the film? No, um, no, um, except um, he, you know, this guy, Charlie Manx has a vampiric quality and they okay. saw the humour of him calling his car, his, the number plate is, NOS 4A2, which, yeah. for, which again, for the whole book, as I was reading this book, I read it as NOS 4A2 and had no idea it was actually lost for R2 because I am that stupid. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> good, good old stupid James. Good old stupid me. All right, so let's move on to Flatliners. Flatliners are series that we would not be recommending. 
All right. So um, I haven't got anything, actually. Um, as I said, I've been all my time taken up with this. But Megan, I think you I might have something for me. I totally have. Warrior Nun. <laughs> that, that, that sounds amazing warrior nun no i really i did watch every single episode so i guess uh. there's an element of it that does keep you viewing it but it's terrible okay it's, i i mean it's several hours that i won't get back in my life and i really it's it's <laughs> it's one of those ones that netflix goes oh you've watched this this and this you're, you're gonna want to watch this so i did and i i can't recommend it at all yeah is it, um, what, does it is it does it describe what it says on the tin? Is it about a nun that is a warrior? It's it's sort of like one of these ancient sects oh, of yeah. martial arts nuns, right. and they're trained from infancy in you know, and they're they're. Is there anyone like... notable in it? Not anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> All no. Right. Okay. Thank you very much, my dear. And Deborah, have you got anything? Um, you, why oh, you, you, oh, yeah, it's about oh, it must have been about five episodes. And honestly, what drivel and just almost slightly offensive as well. Uh, okay, and stalking this girl, and it's just awful. I completely yeah. agree with you. Uh, loads of people were raving about it. I started yeah. watching it, I probably got about four or five episodes in, and it was horrendous I just yeah. I I didn't have any sympathy for him I didn't um, have any sympathy for any of the characters I yeah. kind whilst it was appalling what he was doing I kind of thought most of them deserved it and it was yeah. just there was I had no empathy for anybody and I just yeah. had to cut wow. and run cut my off. A, yeah. it reminds me of I tried to watch the the second Ali G film and I had to stop when it got to the bit where he went in the synagogue and I know these things are semi-set up but he went into a synagogue and he basically started speaking to these two old Jewish ladies about how the apocalypse, um, about how the um, ho um, Holocaust hadn't happened and how, you know, Jews could read minds and they're all, you know, and I just thought, what, what there is no, the, the victims of your humour, and they're trying to, they're being very nice, trying to educate him about, well, Jews aren't like that, Jews are nice. And to kind of throw cheap jokes like that, I thought was sick. And I just think sometimes people really miss the point. And if you're going to put somebody through a difficult time in a series, you've got to think about the wider picture, I think. And, you know, how yeah. it might affect people. Because I'm all yeah. humour and I'm all up for, you know, bad jokes, all that kind of stuff. But it's about, you know, who it becomes a focus of, really. Yeah. Flatliner. So we are going to move on to our main feature and the series up for dissection this month is The Terror, season one. So let's have a clip. You must wonder what we're doing here in your part of the world. We are from England very far away. We've come here to find a way through to China and India. Now is our moment to strive to our glory and to our destiny. I 
situation is more dire than you may understand. That is how you already see it. In need of saving. I do. Our men have been out there in unimaginable temperatures. No one can convince me that optimism or confidence is warm enough. As a trusted friend once put it, this place wants us dead. So, The Terror, 10 episodes that uh, uh, arrived this month, March 2021, on BBC Two. Uh, it was originally released in March 2018 with AMC in the USA. Um, it's uh, based on a book by Dan Sim Simmons, who wrote that book in 2007. Uh, executive producer, Ridley Scott. Uh, David Kajganich, and I hope I've said his name nicely and correctly, uh, basically wrote the screenplay and directed a number of the episodes. And he worked alongside Sue Hugh, who did uh, Under the Dome, the Stephen King adaptation. Um, and then there are other couple of directors, Gina Welch and a few others. There is a second season, which is called The Terror Infamy, but it's a completely different story set in World War II. And that came out in August last year. And they are potentially thinking of a third season. So it's a bit, a bit like, I don't know, I don't know like the Twilight Zone or something. American Horror Show. Yeah, the American, American Horror seasons. Show. So yeah. could, yeah. You could you go through the notable actors for us, please, Deborah? Yeah, yes. So we have Captain Francis Crozier. And that's played by Jared Harris. And you might remember him from Chernobyl, The Crown, Mad Men, Fringe. He is the son of Richard Harris. Uh, then you've got Commander James Fitzjames. He is played by Tobias Menzies. He's in Game of Thrones. He's in The Crown. He plays Prince Philip in The Crown. You've got Dr. Harry Goodser, who's a Scottish, Scottish surgeon naturalist, who's played by Paul Reedy. Paul Reddy, Paul Reedy. He's in Motherland. He's the stay-at-home dad in Motherland. He was in uh, Bodyguard. Uh, Captain John Franklin who is played by Kieran Hines. He was Mance Raider in Game of Thrones. He's also in uh, various other things. And then you've got the Corker's mate, Cornelius Hickey, played by Adam Negatis, who's in Chernobyl. And then you've got sailing master Thomas Blanke, who's played by Ian Hart. He's best known as Professor Quirrell. He plays all the John Lennons in Backbeat and all that. Uh, and Lady Silence um, is played by Neve Nielsen. Now, she's a singer-songwriter from Greenland, and she's got this um, amazing little band called um, The Deer Children, or Children of the Deer. Anyway, she's uh, very successful with her band. She plays a little red ukulele. Thank you very much. All right, so, um, Deborah, why yeah. did you choose... Um, could you give us a synopsis? OK, so it's a fictionalised account of Captain Sir John Franklin's lost expedition to the Arctic in 1845 to 1848. Uh, they set sail on two vessels, um, which uh, were the most advanced vessels of its day. One's called the Erebus and the other is called Terror. HMS Terror, HMS Erebus. That's that's kind of it in a It's in about what happened, yeah, what happened to that expedition. So, uh, yeah. Megan, what did you think? Fair thoughts? So very first thoughts were, oh, this isn't my kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> um, and I absolutely loved it. I, I just thought it was brilliant. I'm sure we'll get into the weeds of what, I mean, and there's, there I've got one or two bugbears about it, but I... Like, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. It's prompted me. I've wanted to go and read up on which bits were, you know, 
evidence-based or how much of it could be true and recognizing there's obviously some bits which are clearly fictionalized (laughs) um but i i was really obsessed with it and what was the moment that were you that you changed your opinion so for when you went through oh i don't know i'm gonna like this to bang it's got you um probably um in episode three i was kind of like god this is dragging a bit 10 episodes this is going to take a bit of time right wow and then the um there's there's some kind of monster or there's something there's some kind of dark force out there that is is attacking and picking people off etc and I'm just thinking something interesting has got to happen and there's an, a major I don't know how many are we, are we giving a few spoilers on this we are yeah we can't we can't review the series without doing spoilers so um yeah so okay so I, I'm there going something needs to happen and lo and behold old polar bear King Kong turns up and um delivers <laughs> Sir John a gruesomely grisly death at the rat right. trap. We'll get on to that in a minute. I mean, I'm kind of... I'm kind of slightly... Not the opposite, but I really enjoyed those initial um, episodes. Um, the bits um, where they're just going on their voyage and how the ship worked and the dynamics between the captain and his lieutenants and the other captain. I mean, that was, for me, the best bit. And... I suppose it kind of started to drag for me when they when they were just stuck on the ice for ages, really, because I wanted them to continue a voyage, continue their mission. But um, but that's interesting, Deborah. How about but you? That's, but that's that exasperation, isn't it? Um, yeah, um, yeah. I I loved it. I I thought it was great. I thought it, uh, you know, it was pretty much set for me straight away. You know, you got pretty much the idea that this is. This is all about some about bleak, foreboding, menace, um, atmospheric. Um, that uh, you know you are watching the dynamics um, and relationships and the shallow politics that goes on between um, captain and subordinates and um, and the sort of the way that you've got Crozier being the sort of more cautious. Um, kind of seaman who's attempting to persuade Franklin to abandon the mission because it's being too dangerous. But obviously Franklin wants to, uh, you know, he's had a blemished career and uh, and he wants to go off in his retirement and he's, uh, you know, as being the, the one that's found the Northwest Passage. And of course, you know, he's he seemed to be the guy that's um, very well liked, but very little respected. Crozier seemed to be very kind of dour. Um, and and you, you sort of see the divisions and you see the relationships and there's, there's so much going on in terms of what's happening between the two. And then you get this added layer, this added supernatural layer. But um, it would be, would it be a different film without the Tunbak, which is this kind of, for me, was an abominable snowman, kind of Yeti, polar bear, kind of supernatural thing. But I think it's also a metaphor for the environment the environment being a very hostile, very dangerous, very menacing as well, you know, um, um, murderous, fearful. Uh, I think, uh, you know, it's got this double layer of reality and what must it have been like, you know, this this actually Mm. happened in terms of the reality of 129 people went on these two boats 
and vanished in the Arctic after several winters of minus 50 degrees centigrade. This is, uh, you know, what would we have done in, our, in that situation? We, we kind of can resonate a little bit in terms of lockdown and what we've, we, you know, we've had our own personal experiences of cabin fever. But that, that reality is there. You know, what happened? Was there botulism? Was there cannibalism? Uh, you know, was there lead poisoning? There, there is evidence around all of those things. All right, well, um, we'll, get, we'll come back to that in a bit. Um, one of the, so, just kind of, so, one of the things that kind of struck for me was there were kind of three kind of main areas in this series. We had the bit on the boat and then the bit when they were in the frozen area and a bit where they were trying to, you know, get home. On land. Yeah. Get on land. And design-wise, I thought the boat worked brilliantly. I was, you know, completely engaged, especially when they were at sea. And obviously when they were at land and on the tents. But I, I don't know. But when they were on the frozen waters and the frozen ice, it just looked to me a bit like a Doctor Who set. And I couldn't, I couldn't get away from how fake yeah. the ice looked it didn't it didn't even feel cgi i thought cgi it, it felt like it was on a set to me yeah and that was a real shame it felt like they, the they could it... pick up their ice blocks as polystyrene <laughs> and, like, yeah. around. And, and for me that was a real shame because i thought mm. the rest of it the location work looked brilliant and um, yeah. my, my number one bugbear on it, and I've been, I don't know if either of you have, but I've been in the Arctic Circle, not as far north Ooh. as they went, but I've been in the Arctic Circle and they were nowhere near cold enough. I just, I just didn't get the feel that they were, yeah. that there so, wasn't the breath or the just the absolute, I can't move my fingers because yeah, it's so cold. So, yeah, and sometimes they were quite bare, weren't they? I think, um, so, so they, they filmed it in Budapest, um, and um, it was um, the set that Ridley Scott used, the special effects and digital stuff um, uh, that uh, Ridley Scott used in The Martian was used here. Um, and they also filmed it on the island of Pag in Croatia. Um, and of course there was, um, you know, the temperatures weren't quite right. Now the Budapest ones, they could say, actually the set got, was, it was cold enough when we were filming because you could see our breath, but actually, when you do watch it back, you can see this is a bit CGI. I think for me, the CGI um, at the end, the back at the end was a bit of a shame because it was kind of, it did feel, you know, if I'm being picky, it did feel like it was an animated, you know, an animation where, uh, you know, the fear should have been there for us because this, this thing was going to rip everyone to shreds and it did. Um, whereas I think I felt more fearful of the men and what they were up to, mm. what Hickey was up to. Mm. That's where my real fit. Do you do you think just because obviously Ridley Scott was heavily involved in this process, and I couldn't help watching it, thinking, is this alien in nineteen uh, hundreds? Well, he's a he's a man. He knows his way around a trap ship, housing a monster, keen to pick off its crew one by one. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's there's nothing wrong with that. He did have no, the... no, not at all. But um, you know, you can't watch it without thinking, oh, it's it's alien under a under a different kind of. But 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 I think it would be it it needed that layer. It needed something because um, to to Megan's point earlier, it would be a different film if it was just looking at the mental health and the relationships and what was going on between the men over a, you know over ten episodes. And I think it's a good useful device. It's a tangible visual device that if I'm using. Tumbak as a metaphor for the environment, this bleak, menacing, hostile, dangerous environment. That's a visual representation of that. 
Mm. There's a, that device is used in lots of things, like in Game of Thrones, for example, where you've got all this infighting, all this relationship and politics and things going on. But the actual bigger picture is this, the, the winter is coming. And, it, and it's the supernatural layer of the White Walkers that are coming along to take over. And in fact, George R.R. R. Martin said, uh, at first, you know, I'm just going to make it that it's going to be like this deep freeze that everyone is scared of, this like winter is coming thing. But actually, he then added the White Walkers in to make the supernatural element, makes us all fearful. And I think this device works here, you know, as Megan said, when it came in in episode three, when it started stalking the ship. That that's that's this other thing, this yeah. other thing. Apart mm. from this infighting going on, there's something out there that's so, pretty scary. So I want to take us back to the the main characters, really. Um, and Megan, um, how did those um, those main characters on the ship and um, their you know uh, partnerships back home in England work out for you? Um. I, I I thought really well actually. I thought they were that there was a handful. There was a small number where we got the a bit of the backstory from London. So Sir John, um, Francis Crozier, and um, James Fitzjames. Yeah, yes. we we got bits of them. Lady Jane, Sir. Um, Sir John's wife, who, when I then read up about it, it was really quite mater materialistic. I really liked her. I thought she was great as a character, as an actor, the lot. Yeah, yeah. And and um, and she was responsible for the fact that they had Neptune, the dog on ship, and the monkey. They they were gifted by her. So, so she's kind of, there's, there's bits of her throughout, even though she clearly wasn't on the on the um, expedition. I, I really liked the character development. I and, and I think that the main ones for me was Crozier. I thought his character arc was excellent. Um, I, I just, he, he developed a real deep respect. Well, I developed yeah, a really yeah. deep you respect Yeah, you couldn't have a look as a captain, you wanted him to win. He was, yeah. he was our risk assessor, which is, Excellent in my in my view. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, uh, there is a point, isn't there, though, where you you're felt you move away from him slightly when um, he obviously falls foul to, to alcoholism, and um, and it's the point where he's doing the lashings and he's keep going on and keep going on at lashing at Hickey, and you're thinking, hang on a minute, we're we're going a bit too far here, and uh, what 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 are we meant to feel here? We're we meant to feel. Okay, you, you well, know. Yeah, I'll tell you what I felt there uh, because I I thought I, I loved all the portrayals of all the characters except for Hickey. I, oh, I, I thought his really? yeah, I thought his performance, and I know he was he was supposed to be smug and manipulative and all that, but yeah. I just thought it was too much, and I just thought I just felt his real character seeping through too much. I didn't. I didn't like his performance, and he would—it was grating on me by the end. And I'm guessing uh, that I'm in the minority. So when they were lashing, well, they were no, thinking, "Yeah, bring it on." Yeah, oh, yeah I was all for the lashings. I mean, I—I <laughs> I, I was happy that he was getting lashed, and, yeah. and I say happy in the in the in nah, the, yeah, in the uh, kind of sense. But when it kept going on and on, 
and you know and everyone started to turn and look and I was like yeah yeah this is this isn't great this is this is but, but I think that was a real um that's a turning uh, point though isn't it was it? a real fulcrum for yeah Rosia because he'd had his authority challenged by Sir John so John who was like this is a bit of a pride mission for him he'd yeah. he's been out in Australia and has come back under shady clouds and you know yeah. he's not covered himself in glory so he's he's now on this mission to sort of like you know find the northwest passage and yeah all, all of that sort of stuff and and was actively challenging crozier's superior knowledge and 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 the, the flashbacks to london where he had you know done him down and and saw him he was obviously wasn't of the same social setting yeah, I kind it's the of, irish I, heritage isn't it yeah, yeah and i thought that the that the lashings point was he he yes it got away from him a little bit with the you know as Hickey's talking back to him and he's hiking the number of lashings up 10 at a time and it's like 15 20 30 um at the point that those lashings then started he has to stand there and then and it's 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 uncomfortable for everybody but he's kind of made his bed and he has to stand by it yeah and I I thought that was the the as opposed to me, um, I'm going to come on to you, Deborah, for your character analysis next. But with James and with Sir John and with Crozier and with um, Lady Silence and all the like other characters, I firmly believed that they were from the time of, I don't what was it, the 1890s, 1880s, whatever it was. 1840s. Oh, sorry, 1840s. Yep. You know, I firmly believed they were from that period. Whereas with Hickey, I felt he just walked out shameless. And I thought it was a little bit too woo, a little bit too right. And I know that was part of his character, but for me, it just felt anachronistic. I know, I know what you mean. I think um, he's got this like streetwise intelligence about him, and I thought he was too intelligent, maybe for 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 what he should have been. But then we don't know what he was because he wasn't mm. really key. Um, we, what we know is that he's got this very intense social ambition to kind of uh, you know climb his way up the social ladder, and obviously his early efforts failed. So he then gets this new found kind of contempt for authority um which obviously leads to to mutiny right um, mm -hmm. um and um and and bearing in mind so i was following his arc so I, I kind of went from you know we kind of get introduced to him through the whole carnal pleasures below deck thing. yeah yeah you know, he gets caught uh, below deck you know with his sweetheart if you like but that was and a manipulation thing which i liked so that was only doing that really to further his own power on the ship I think wasn't it possibly possibly and then and then the next but at that point we don't know because he's just a character that's just sort of being introduced and then then you you see him where they're burying that first young boy um in and um and he's then sort of jumped down into the grave to cover him up and you think oh he's being respectful but what he's actually doing and what you don't realize he's doing is he's nicking the ring off his he's robbing, robbing he's robbing the, the, the yeah. guy's ring um, and then you, you see him, he's sharing whiskey with the captain, you know, with Captain Crozier, um, who seemed to know he was not from where he was, that he was covering up, yeah, he was yeah, from yeah. Ireland. And then he goes out to get Lady Silence when the tumback is, is attacked and he gets, he's gets, he gets his ass kicked, right? So by that point, we already know he's, a bit, he's stirring the pot a bit. He gets lashed. We think maybe it might be disproportionate to the punishment or whatever. So he becomes vengeful, more mutinous, and then... 
um, this kind of rank and, 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 and background no longer matters. Um, it's all about survival, his social climbing, his ambition. And don't forget that he's a tiny, tiny man in comparison to a lot of the, the actors in there. And, and he did actually starve, this, 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 the actor right. um, did actually starve himself for it. They all had to sort of uh, not eat. The fact that he took his tongue off at the, at the very end, it took off his most powerful asset because it's his oratory skills, his ability to persuade. Um, that that was his that for me that was his arc. I know? agree, I agree. But I mean, that was coming more from the performance aspect, really. Um, than, but um, he certainly it's, had a okay, very okay. interesting character arc. Yeah. Megan, was there anyone performance-wise that you thought wasn't great, or you know, or any storylines even that maybe you think didn't really cut the mustard? Um. I, I I think that the the there are a couple of bits that I would have wanted to know a bit more, and I don't know whether things ended up on the cutting room floor or not. Um, I think um, Harry Goodsir, I would have liked to have known a little bit more about his backstory because he was probably the crew member that was just the most. Just was he the one that ended up being the doctor. He was he was the non-surgeon. Oh, he was wonderful. I he just, was just gentle. so yeah. excellent. And and at the end, when when he's he's just like, eat my feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I was like, what 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 if I miss? What if I miss? And then, then that comes. And I'm just like, yeah. oh my goodness. So he was he was brilliant. And yeah, and actually, his um in in the 1980s, they they brought they went and they. Uh, there was an expedition that brought some bodies back and they analysed and did some autopsies and they reckoned that one of those bodies was good, sir. Yeah. Um, was he missing, like, chunks of his arm and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, actually, so what they... The, the, um, they, they found ships in 2016 and 2015. Tell you what, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about the factual uh, stuff at the end. Okay, all oh, right, because, okay. Because I don't want to get... We're buzzing with, on with that the, the team <laughs> I know, I know. He was wonderful. He was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. He, re he really yeah, was. Gentle, moral, empathetic. Bumbling. And, and, you know, when he was offering to uh, pull the, the the boat, you know, and get involved and try, you know, and he fell over. It was yeah, like, it was just oh. an all-round good egg, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah. the, the bit that, the, the that kind of clunked a little bit and I didn't... I, I, didn't see it coming and even once it happened I didn't retrospectively see how it quite got there was the ship surgeon kicking off at the carnival right yeah I think it was the surgeon yeah. wasn't it when he yeah. doused himself the, and the GP the, the, the doctor yeah. sort of thing yeah, yeah the yeah, ship yeah. surgeon yeah and he set fire because, to himself and um, I was I, like oh where did that come from <laughs> I I see I believe that came from when good sir went up to him and said you know, we're we're doomed. We've been eating yes. this yeah, lead. Yeah. lead. We're, we're, we're poisoned. Ah. What are we, we going to do about it? And he's like, "Oh, leave it with me." And he obviously went away thinking, yeah. "There's no way out of this." I we're mean, I, I, I couldn't help thinking, right? That tent is not going to keep you guys warm. <laughs> Just put up a tent. I, it... I have to say, it was very intricate for what. Uh, they... Yeah, well, that kind of lost me as well. I mean, the carnival tent up, yeah. Not, not, not one woman in sight. But right, now, that, up. actually, Deborah, that brings me on to my next question. Um, yeah. Right, in terms of female contribution and the characters yeah. that we had, we uh, we had Lady yeah. Silence, Lady Jane, and I can't remember the name of the other one. 
Um, yes. Do you Digital think they were well served? Do you think they added to the story? Ample well, but I suppose it, there's always a need to have um, two gen, you know, genders. I mean, are we allowed to even say that anymore? Um, that, uh, yeah, it needed, it needed, yeah, it needed some female input and, um, and, and that was fine. You know, ultimately we are watching a story about 129 my only regret is that we didn't see a bit more of her i, I thought she was going to be uh, leading i thought she was going to be on the boat going to rescue her husband at one point which, well, well she did i mean she did fund a number of it didn't yeah. she she raised a lot of money yeah. to but to, that kind of fizzled out and um we'll, we'll come in the, the in the film in, in the, the film. series yeah, no, it series. did yeah but what about all right deborah what about lady silence um was she, I mean, did she add a lot or was she just functionary? I mean, either uh, of you chip in. No, I mean, you know, um, yeah, I think um, it's, oh, she's, she's, uh, yeah, no, she's, she's, she's definitely not as functionary. She, she's. She was representative of, of, uh, is of the, it, of the culture, culture of the people. Yeah. Yep. Inuit, that's um, right, isn't it? For, Inuit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Inuit culture. Um, you know, yes, she was she was there representing. Um, she, you also got, an, uh, uh, you know, with with her relationship that she had with with both Goodsir and Crozier, you got an idea that she uh, cared about their welfare. Yeah. Um, um, but without her and the death of her father, there wouldn't have been this whatever spirit In, that. Um, yeah. Interestingly, I didn't ever really get the impression that she cared that much i think she wanted to that she was representative of the desire for the inuits to get rid of them they were yeah. they'd effectively invaded they had scared off all the game they you know i took the tumbuk to be the sort of like spiritual protector of not just the environment but the inuit people yeah. um and that they're even though it wasn't quite clear, I, by the end of it, I was like, "There's definitely a link between Lady Silence and the and and um, the the Tom book." Um, and I thought she was crucial to sort of like have various, not just not just the Crozier and Good Sir, but all of the characters. I think had she been had it been a male Inuit, I just it wouldn't have had the same. Yeah, and it, and it was a great link between that and the tumbuck and stuff like that. I, I wish I wish she went and searched for the keys properly at the end rather than just hacking his hand off. <laughs> yeah. It's like, the keys are over there! Oh, she could have tried a bit hard longer with the stone. I mean, yeah. the, the tumbuck was dead. Um, there was no like, immediate threat. She could have spent a good half hour trying to get that off first. Yeah, and I, I think, that, you know, the, the, the relationship that she built with both Gitter and Crozier Whilst I think you're right, Megan, you know, the whole protecting, you you know, bugger off kind of thing. Um, she, she went to Crozier, didn't she, pretty much first and um, didn't yeah. really care about anybody else and saved him, took him home. Mm. OK, so this brings I think, us up. Can, I just, say, yeah, can yeah. I just say, in terms of performance value, um, I thought they all acted really, really well, but I was really impressed with Ian Hart who played Thomas Blanky. Now for ages, I thought for I thought he was John Sims for ages because that of the was hair. And, what, so what he was the do? one who lost his leg and who ended up. Getting oh, on the, yeah. He was, I thought he was so 
So excellent. It was very good. Professor yeah. Quirrell. Yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a really good, refreshing cast of all ages and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. I really Richard loved Sir John. Yeah. You know, you could really see his pompousity. I like Sir John, yeah. Fallibility. Mm-hmm. And yeah. my God, was that a shock. Well, because when you work, you know, when you put someone in the credits at the start as well, you're thinking, yeah. oh, well, we're going to... He didn't see. last many episodes, did he? Oh, God. I didn't expect him to I go with episode three. Let's go down. All right. Yeah. Right, so has, has anyone got any problems with the series or any unanswered questions, things that they didn't really delve into enough? I mean, my pro- my only problem, really, my biggest problem, was I felt that I understood why the captain stayed with the Inuits, but did he not have a duty to go back and tell uh, Now, I, I, so I, I've, I, I've discussed this with Laurie. Um, so this, this is, my take is, um, the captain goes down with his ship, right? And he didn't. So if he was to go home, he would have to face the news. I don't know if he could have be... got down with it because it was frozen the... in the ice. But um, <laughs> so you know that there would be some kind of hearing investigation. How come you've survived? No one else has. You know, you, he, he would have to go home and face the music. He would, his career would be over. Unlikely that, A, he would want to go on another expedition anyway after this experience, but unlikely he'd ever be employed again. Um, um, he knew that his love would have moved on, married, gone somewhere else. So he knew that that was nothing, you know, not there for him yeah. anymore. Um, you know, and uh, he's stayed, he's been there for two years before these. This all right. Well, you've just decided that the rescuers came I com- along. I'm completely agree with all of that. I was right. I quite liked that little. I thought that was a that was, ending. It was yeah, a it was lovely good, ending, good, really, for the whole. He's become the environment, hasn't he? Got into the, the wild. So is there anything anything that you were unhappy with or before we are moving on to our big five? Yeah, they weren't cold enough. Weren't cold they're, enough. Yeah, they, they, they really upset me all enough. the way through. It was sets for me. The set. <laughs> Sometimes their fingers were exposed, their heads were exposed, and, you know, you would, you would be doing that rather You're, than being... Yeah. In those temp and those temperatures, I've been in minus twenty. It and it would have gone to minus forty at least at times. Yep. You know your snot freezes in your and, nose. At and that they talked about I mean, it enough, didn't they? I mean, they it, talked about a bit where a tooth could explode in someone's mouth. You can't yeah. do things with your hands, and and yeah. they don't have didn't have anywhere near the the equipment, obviously, that we do now. They were entirely unprepared, yeah. and the yeah. level and of clothing. Yeah. We see the Inuits in all their seal fur. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and suddenly it was all warm and toasty. If you, all they had to do was like go in between one piece of wood, and suddenly sure. like, sleeves and a naval coat. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. not taken away from it. So we're yeah. gonna do what we call the big five uh, ladies, which um, are five things that you we get to choose. Uh, each of us, what we think are. It will make sense as we go along. So the first one is the performance of the series. And I am going to choose... Ooh, I'm going to choose Sir John because I just thought he nailed that pomposity. I'd have already just said that all, uh, but I really liked his performance. I know he wasn't in it a lot, but for me, he was up there. Uh, Megan. I see, love the curveball. I would say, I think it has to be Crozier. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have. Yeah. Both, yeah. Just thought he was excellent. Yeah. yeah. I, you, All we, the way through. We cared, right? We really yeah. cared. You know what? I took a punt because this is all conjecture, right? It's all poetic license. This is all made up by this guy, Dan Simmons, as to what's happened. Yeah. And, um, and I took a punt because historically we know we don't know what happened. It's been a century and a half worth of public kind of imaginations going wild. What's happened to these people? Um, um, and, you know, I, 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 I took a punt that actually maybe they didn't all just perish. Maybe one or two of them survived and they decided to live out their days in the wilderness. And that happened with Crozier. And I, and I was pleased for him, you know, mm. I, he, that with all that happened, he, right. you know, he made it. And I think Crozier, I think he's got to be the, 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 the one, I think, maybe the standout one. But they good. were all wicked. Good stuff. All right. So, um, Deborah, I'm going to come to you first. Um, set piece of the series. What, what moment? So, for example, you could choose uh, the carnival or it could be, you know, the climax or stuff like that. Oh. I know these are big questions. Uh, 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 um, God. I can do mine while you're thinking. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with just because it had one of the best lines in the whole thing. Yeah. And I think it would have been like maybe as early as episode two, but when the first group strike out with the boat, they're trekking to leave a message at the cairn. Yes. And um, and it's the first time there's an attack by the term book. So it, com it comes out of the blue. And so I'm going to pick that one only because the, the line there, one of the guys it starts hailing and the hailstones are the size of, um, I, I don't know what sort of ball size. They're bigger than baseballs. I mean, they were massive. And the guy just goes, he says, and that's what I was just thinking, what we needed, more ice. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, I suppose for me, I'm, I'm going to say, oh gosh, I'm going to say, right, I'm going to give my um, story to the, the bit at the end where um, our wonderful um, wannabe doctor um, sacrifices himself for the good. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. Like, good, good, you know, uh, it was such a good himself. thing to do. It's like, yeah, come on, don't yeah. eat the feet, don't eat the feet. I and I, 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 I really enjoyed two. There were two bits that I enjoyed, which were quite intense. Um, the, the bit where Thomas Blanky, uh, that's Professor Quirrell, who's uh, sitting answering James Fitzjames' questions about um, what did he think about Sir John and what happened in the expedition and how did that all go? And I think that's where his performance stood out for me. It was like you're amazing. Um, describing what happened and how you discussed the mental health of, of what happened and how they were all about to murder Sir John um, but then they were saved and that was the end yeah. of that expedition um, and then the other bit was um, when I suppose the secrets of James Fitzjames, you know, his mask slipped, you know, he'd been going around and being sarcastic and being pretty undermining to Crozier and they'd become friends and mm. he told him how you know his background and how he came to be where he is and that he's just you know a complete um fake and that hug and that oh that that was you know and then sending blanky away with his with his forks all around his body yeah. so, come on then <laughs> come and eat me it's not gonna be a pleasant eat because you're gonna be full of forks brilliant all right so the... fuck you fuck you <laughs> 
the stupid factor, the suspension of disbelief. Um, all right, for me, I think the stupid. I think it was when we saw a bit too much. I think, I think it was when the tumbuck put the legs and the body together. I just thought, oh, that's me. oh yes, he did what? What did he do? So he there was he, there was a man's legs and a man's top half, wasn't there? And he was there was a chap just stood on the deck, like leaning against yeah, the side. Yeah, but it was a different man's legs. And it was, man's body. <laughs> it was too much. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought, mm, I think that's a little step too far, no matter how clever this creature is. Come on. Oh, I didn't realise that. Oh, yeah, that's a bit silly. How about yeah, no, you, Deborah? I'm begging either of you. Yeah, the way that he was animated at the end, it was just a bit like, it was a bit too cartoon. Although he had very pretty eyes. Um, but, yeah. So, um, special effect. What did you like the most? Anything? I'll tell you what I liked. I really liked her igloo. I really got Not I for euphemism. <laughs> well, I just thought, but I always thought an igloo had a little hole on the top which let the smoke out, but maybe not. Think... Any effects that you think worked? I thought it had a good sound, uh, soundscape as well. I think yeah, it was almost yeah. imperceptible, but when you did kind of hear it, it was sort of quite abstract music, stock housing in places. Yeah. All right. Megan, anything? Well, I think it was lacking a little bit on some of the effects. I think they could have drawn... I may not have emphasised this enough, but they didn't look cold enough. So maybe <laughs> they could have added a little bit of breath. <laughs> they know a bit in Game of Thrones, it's technically possible. Okay, and resuscitation factor. Is there anything we'd like to see brought back? Would we like to see the further adventures of Captain Crozier as he settles into his Inuit lifestyle? No, no, I don't think that's um, appropriate and I don't think it's needed. I think um... Lady Jane's further voyages, trying to find the Norwest Passage with her trusty female psychics. I would like to have known what happened to Lady Silence and I would like to have known what happened to DeVoe, who... They she walked past um, Deborah, after the carnage. We don't, we don't talk about what happened to Lady Silence. Oh, okay. I mean, that was made very clear by everybody. Sorry, oh, we, where is she? We don't talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, what we, it's what we do. What we do Please, is you understand. We accept it now. All right, accept it. Okay, yeah. before we score it, um, have you got any final thoughts and comments that you'd like to share? So, um, so. The, more than 30 bodies were found on King William Island um, and most are still buried there. Although two were returned, Lieutenant John Irving was identified through personal effects and he was buried in Dean Cemetery in Edinburgh in 1881. And I visited that cemetery. Um, second body was thought to be another lieutenant. He was interred at Greenwich Old Naval College, but in 2009, they moved him and they did a facial reconstruction uh, that they carried out, produced... A very close match of um, one of those very old photographs, you know, the photographs, they're called um, the, the garotypes. Um, and they, they realised um, it was Henry Goodsir. Uh, Tooth and animal suggested the upbringing was in East Scotland and he was raised in five. All right, now so- I'm going to stop you there because there's a lot of information to get across and people who are just kind of coming into the series might take that, it might be a little bit much for them. Oh, to all right. Okay, let me give you one more thing then. All right, go. Okay, so um, oh, it, in 2019... They were going to go and do a deep dive again down to the ships to bring back more artifacts and more and more bits and pieces, but it was yeah. cancelled because of COVID. Now, what they're really hoping for is that they will find actual paper trails of things, so logs, journals, diaries, 
command books, that kind of thing, um, are in sealed boxes or in sealed drawers because it's that paperwork that will actually give us some understanding as to actually what happened. But it would finally, be great. I would a century love, and a half of, could, of yeah. speculation. Yeah. I would love, done. gosh, if, if people, if we did find out more about what actually happened, I would love to see a film of this, you know, without yeah. maybe... And, 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 and wonder how much of it they might have got right, you know? Yeah. Well, so, so on, I think on... I went uh, this this is a sign of a good series I went off and did loads of reading and yeah. I was just like what what what's based in truth and 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 a lot of what I read there's an excellent article in the Smithsonian magazine about it and it's about the expedition but also the making of this series ah. and um and, and what they were talking about is actually you know where we see one of the follow one of the later expeditions there were there was somewhere in the region of 39 follow-up expeditions to try and find these ships wow um Lady and Jane was busy and she was yeah. raising loads of money there was a twenty thousand reward at the time in the 1850s if you found this which which equates to about 1.6 million these days wow yeah um and and what they were saying is that the, the, where are on the in the tv program it starts and ends almost with with these people interviewing the inuits and they're saying that based on all this information and all the findings that they've had as recently as the 80s, the 1980s onwards, um, it kind of reinforces all of this oral history that the Inuits tell about it. Right. And at the time, it was very much ignored because they talked about cannibalism. And, and, then, and now we're finding, you know, legs and parts of bodies with evidence of having been hacked and in like cooking pots and all sorts of stuff. So there's very strong evidence that it was cannibalism well, yeah, around some of these remains. And so these Inuit oral histories, they're basically saying, you know, we need to rely more on these to, 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 to sort of like flush out. And their history suggests that actually some people stayed with the ship and at least one of them sailed again before sinking. Yes. Yeah, um, it, and, because it was found a few further, like 57 miles, miles away further. from where yeah. they thought okay. it was. So there yeah. was lots, lots more to do about this mystery. Um, I mean, it's, I, yeah, we clearly Deborah and I could talk for yeah, ages. <laughs> but we are nearly out of time, so it brings us on to scoring it. So um, we have our score sheet, so let's go through this. So, Megan, let's start with you. Plot and storyline, please. Um, six. Okay, um, Deborah. Nine. And it gets a seven for me. Uh, characters and performances. Deborah. Nine. Uh, seven for me. Deborah. Uh, Megan. Eight. Good stuff. Look and feel. Six for me. Seven ish. Seven. Okay. Originality. Uh, Megan. Five. Oh, I think it's incredibly original at nine. I've given it a nine as well. I thought it was quite very original. An absorption factor. I give it a seven. Oh, I give it a nine. I was absorbed. I gave it an eight. Okay, good stuff. So could you add up your scores, please? And oh. multiply them by two. Uh, it gets 72% from me. It's 72 from me as well. Ooh. Uh, I, I got 86. 86. If my All adding right. up is correct. It's, it's so, a big hitter to start with, isn't it? It is. It's a good I choice, have, I think. I have to say, um, just in terms of um, what we're saying about originality, um, um, 
you know, it's not, you know, Megan, you were saying at the beginning, um, this doesn't seem to be something that you would, that we would particularly watch. You know, I just got the BBC email through that says this week, the BBC two has got this thing called the terror by Ridley Scott. And obviously you don't know anything about it. Um, you just in the end find out that the terror is the name of the vessel. But, you know, most people would deliberately look into, I'm going to go and watch a crime box set now or a detective box set or a horror box set or a thriller box set or a sci-fi box set. And you wouldn't potentially watch this because it's about an expedition to the Arctic and you just think, what's that all about? It actually obviously, had all of those things. It had all well, of obviously we are saying to go and watch it because it gets <laughs> a TV autopsy rating of 76.7, which is a very high score. Good. Really. And it puts it number one on our leaderboard, uh, just above Umbrella Academy season one. Which yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that brings us towards the end, really. All that's kind of left to say is, Megan, it's your turn to choose for next month. What are you? What have you got in store for us? I have. I have. I've uh, chosen a different one. Um, I have chosen the one. The and, one. And that's it's not a... to be confused with the one show, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Slightly oh. less current affairs, more futuristic affairs. I think. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the one. It's on Netflix. Um, it's uh, a an adaptation from a book that I have read, so it'd be interesting to watch it um, from that perspective. Brilliant! Thank you very much. Um, okay, so we're at the end of the show. Have you enjoyed yourself? Yes, I hope we managed to negotiate and navigate through those murky waters, icy waters, and uh... I mean, what I think the listener was ears will be bleeding with the amount of facts that they got. But yeah. um, seriously, though, I really, I really enjoyed talking to you both. You know, you know, you did a lot of research for this, and I think, um, I think um, you've come across very, very well. Time will tell. I, I are you? To... But this is. Are you going to come back next month? That's my question. I'm well, totally coming back. Yeah. Yay! Good was there an option? <laughs> no, it's not really. <laughs> all right then. So um, that's it. So uh, that's all from us. We'll see you all next time. Um, I've been James. I've been Deborah. I've been Megan. And that's all for now. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.